Many of us sell our expertise, but sometimes we blunder into the market, convinced that someone, some company somewhere needs what we do, realizes that they need what we do, and is willing to pay for our help as consultants, as trainers. But I've made this mistake, maybe you have too, um, on more than one occasion in the early part of my career as a self-employed trainer, consultant, my clients did not feel that I was aware of the problem they had, or if they had it at all. Um, it wasn't urgent to them or a top priority, and it certainly wasn't worth paying for. And sometimes it's because there are plenty of other solutions available to your client. They don't need your training because they have internal trainers or consultants in place and relationships with those consultants. Maybe they've got access to online resources, again, internally or externally, and therefore there is no need for you. And this is a real problem. So you need to ensure that what you're selling in the form of your training programs, your coaching, your workshops, your retreats, your e-learning, whatever that is, you need to ensure that there is a cost to your client in not solving a problem which your training fixes. And you also need to ensure that your clients are willing to pay to solve it with you. Because when you can sell what people need fixes to, and they're convinced that you've a solution worth paying for in the form of your expertise, you're not going to be short of clients. So today I'm going to give you seven questions to make sure that you are confident your training, your expertise, your programs fix a problem. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark, and it's my pleasure to host this weekly show of the Training Business Podcast. So who is this for? If this is your first time here, welcome. This is the show for people like you and me. If you're someone who works with your own clients or indirect clients, perhaps you work with other people's clients, but you're in the business of helping people with your expertise in the form of your consultancy, your training, your coaching, facilitation, this is the show for you. Because every week, either it's an episode with just me, you and I, or we've got guests on the show who are authors, they're consultants, they're running their own business, either solo or with other people. And all of this is designed to help you on your training journey, wherever you are thinking of joining us in this community, or um, you're an old hand and you want to learn more from other people. And wherever this, uh, whatever that is for you, this is the show for you. And I'd love for you there to subscribe. It costs nothing to subscribe, takes a couple of seconds and um, helps you ideally with the problems that we all face, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, and so on. So I said before the music that a lot of what actually is problematic when we are trainers, we're selling what we do for a living, uh, often the problems arise when we're not sure or confident that what we're selling actually fixes something for a client. Now, there are lots of people who will buy training or some kind of learning and development simply because they have to. It's part of someone's 
you know, personal development plan, and therefore there's a need to buy this. But the really high-paid consultancy, the high-paid training, the high-paid programs are when we are best aligned with a problem that your client recognizes is a problem and understands how fixing it will help them to achieve a goal. Now, that sounds like Captain Obvious, I know, but it's amazing how many of us, when we are talking to, let's say, HR, uh, we get trapped in this price negotiation because we're not able to articulate how what we're selling isn't just training, it's a solution to a problem. And if you think about this, this is what happens nine times out of ten when you are compared with someone else because they can't differentiate between you and the other trainer, the other consultant. So I think that people buy training, uh, let's call it learning solutions for four main reasons. One, because they have to. Maybe there's a compliance reason. You know, you've got to go through some kind of mandatory legal training. That's compliance. Number two, there's a skills development reason, which means that someone's competency requires them to have X skill, X competency, and measured to a particular level. Reason three, it's a talent retention reason, because unless we invest in people, we lose people. And you and I both know that these days, it's harder and harder to keep talent, and organizations recognize this, therefore they're willing to invest in people to get them to stay. And the fourth reason is a strategic reason, which means that they will need particular skills, particular knowledge to be able to stay competitive in their marketplace. Now, each of these is a problem, which I hope your problem, your training solves to some degree. Perhaps one of these, perhaps all of these. But again, unless we're solving problems, it's hard to convince a business why they should choose us or choose anyone to solve a problem. Now, here are a couple of questions to ask yourself to make sure that you are actually addressing a problem which a business has. Now, of course, I'm speaking from the point of view of B2B selling. What I do is I work with businesses. I, what I specifically do is I work with um, software companies, technology companies, and helping them with sales training and coaching. And therefore, I'm very clear on the market that I serve. And I'm also clear on the market, which I do not serve. I will not say yes to particular things because it's not my area. And because I don't understand that problem, I'm quite clear on the problem that I solve. And I'm making sure that there is value in my clients fixing this problem and, of course, paying me to fix this problem. So here are seven questions to help you with this process. Number one, when I explain what I train, what I coach and facilitate, do my friends, my family, my ideal client understand what I do? In other words, is it in plain English? Is it understandable? Okay, retainable. If not, you might want to think again, whether it's a problem, people should understand in a couple of lines, literally less than 10 seconds, what it is that you solve. It's a problem, therefore I do this to fix it, to solve it, okay? Question two, um, which industry is this problem in? Is it in a particular industry? Mine happens to be typically software tech companies. Um, or is it multiple? Perhaps the problem you're trying to fix exists in multiple domains, not just in this kind of company, but that kind of company, 
this kind of vertical or this kind of marketplace. If it is more than one, that's fine too. It's actually better in some instances because there is more of what we call a TAM or total addressable market. I'm thinking again with a business head on here. This is the training business podcast, not the training training podcast. This is the training business podcast. Therefore, this is about addressing a business need. So we're focusing on problems which people are willing to pay to solve. So are you addressing multiple marketplaces, multiple levels in that market, uh, particular verticals, for example, pharmaceuticals, defense, uh, hospitality, software, government, public sector, private sector? What is that industry or marketplace for you? What is the size of that marketplace? One or multiple markets? Question three, which regions, countries, does this problem exist in? In my case, it's multiple countries, and I aim at the English-speaking market. That's my niche. But that said, your marketplace might be across multiple time zones, multiple geographies, as we say, perhaps LATAM, Latin America, and uh, North America, and EMEA, or APAC, you know, different parts of the world, or different regions within a country. It's hard to say. You will know what those are. So the question here is, does it exist in more than one jurisdiction, region, country, area? And ideally, yes, is the answer. Ideally, yes. The bigger the marketplace, um, the more addressable market there is. However, this can also be a problem if there are too many players in that market, too many trainers, too many businesses training, um, the more competition you have. So that's a, a positive and a negative. The fourth one is, which role organization person experiences this problem? Great question. Is it a particular role, uh, a CEO, a CIO, a head of, a VP of, a director of, um, some manager in an organization with these problems? Would they recognize that problem if you spoke to them? Would they, def- would they agree it's a problem that they can spend money on to solve? Um, and that's really important, actually, because when you are using what's called buying personas, you want to be clear that um, the content you're creating, uh, the marketing you're doing, we spoke about that last week, by the way, all about your marketing strategy. Um, you want to be clear on the the words you're using, the language you're using, the problems you're addressing that are recognized by that person. Are there one or multiple decision makers? Do you need to create content or design a message that uh, makes sense to those people, because they could be quite different depending on the role that they play. What is the cost to the business or the person of not solving this problem? That's great, actually, as a question. In terms of professional cost, meaning the cost to the business, their decision-making unit, their entity, are they overseeing a particular branch of the business or department in the business or level of the business? Are they responsible for a particular uh, region in the business? And maybe it's also a personal cost to them in terms of their promotion prospects if this problem is not solved. And that's often overlooked by many trainers, thinking of what actually is in it for this person to buy from me, not just because of the role they have, but because of the problems that they experience personally um, in terms of the work that they have to do. Does this distract them? Does this mean that they're losing key people? 
how does this affect them as a leader in the business that I'm trying to serve? Question six, how well can you articulate the value of solving this problem and doing so through your expertise, your programs, and your products? How well can you articulate the value of solving this problem with your expertise, your programs, your products? That's really important. So if you've got the other six or five right, you should be clear on how you can articulate value because this is what you're doing. Even if you are a trainer, even if you're a consultant or a coach, you are still running a business. You still need to be able to market yourself and separate yourself from the competition and speak to someone's needs in the form of a value proposition. Why does my training program, my workshop, solve your problem? What will you get from working with me, from working with my team? What is your challenge? What will I do? And what will you get from working with me? That's the outcome, of course, very important. And lastly, question seven, how do you know that people are prepared to pay for your training to solve this problem? Now, again, I said at the beginning, the mistakes I made early on was defining myself with the label, I am a blank trainer. And then I went looking for people with that problem. However, I'm suggesting to you today, that's one approach, of course, a better way, arguably, is to define the problem and then think of a solution. And then market yourself based upon your ability and your track record in solving that solution. We're looking for problems to fix. The more valuable the problem, the more aligned that problem is with our solution, the more likely it is that we'll win the business and get that repeat business. And of course, that's key. We want repeat business from our clients. Let's take a recent guest on the show, Michael Fern. Michael is based in Australia and his website is michaelfern.com. That's Michael, F-E-A-R-N-E, michaelfern.com. And back in December 2021, I interviewed Michael. You can go back and listen to that episode if you've not yet heard it. And Michael provides what is called Lego Serious Play training and facilitation. So, I didn't know that Lego, which of course is the the plastic bricks that uh, come from a Danish company, Lego, the ones that I used or played with growing up, that actually is used by many companies as a facilitation mechanism or tool to actually unblock um, thinking and help people to become creative. In fact, it's used in more ways than I even know, and that's why Michael is the expert. Michael has written a book on the subject. He has a methodology using Lego Serious Play. And he's the person that I would go to if I had any lead coming to me. If someone asked me, you know, um, do you know anyone who can help uh, with Lego and Lego Serious Play, team building, uh, problem solving, uh, product design? Michael's the person I would turn to. So Michael, um, probably if I would define it, this uh, trains or facilitates Uh, with organizations who need breakthroughs in things like creative thinking using Lego Serious Play. Which industry does this problem exist in? I would say all industries. Again, Michael would know his client profile better than I would. Uh, Which regions, countries does this problem exist in? I would say international. Uh, Again, Michael has his own market defined. Uh, He lives and works from Australia, but these days, of course, many organizations are willing to Uh, engage with trainers online. But that said, many face-to-face engagements would, of course, be in his neck of the woods. Uh, Which roles, organizations, 
people experience the problems that Michael solves with his facilitation. I would imagine uh, leadership, uh, sometimes uh, higher still, board level, again, Michael would know. And what is the cost to the business of not solving the problems that Michael can solve? Well, very often companies have a block on their creativity. They can't think about new channels, new marketplaces, new products. And this is what um, things like Lego Series Play help to solve. Um, Michael is well able to, and you can tell from his LinkedIn content that he's able to articulate the value of solving this problem with his expertise, with his programs. And how does Michael know that people are prepared to pay to solve this problem? Well, he does because he's been quite successful in marketing himself. He articulates the value of his programs, and he even has built a whole community around solving problems that his clients face through things like Lego Series Play. And Sophie Thompson, another recent guest on the show as CEO of Virtual Speech, you can listen to that episode back in May uh, May 26th, 2022. Uh, Sophie's company uh, provides workplace skill training online and, of course, through virtual reality, which is actually unique. Um, the experience of her programs um, the way she described them is extraordinary. Many people, and Sophie's story is quite interesting, many people have a struggle with the idea of public speaking. It's nerve-wracking, it's terrifying, and with a headset on, uh, Sophie's software allows people to practice delivering uh, a speech, a sales pitch, a presentation to a virtual audience, let's say size five, and then changing that to 10 people, 10 virtual people, and then 20 and 30. And Sophie is a testament to that. Um, and that's often why many trainers do what they do, because they have a struggle that they recognize um, they've developed a solution for, and they then sell this to the marketplace because they understand that problem. They ha they've had that problem, they've lived with that problem, and therefore they're best able to define and solve that problem. Maybe that's true for you. Maybe that uh, maybe it's the case that the reason you sell and train what you train or coach what you coach is because this is something that you had to overcome, and that's what Sophie had to do. And that's quite uh, a reason why, it's a good reason why people who really, really understand a problem, have lived that problem, experienced that problem, are often the best people to solve that problem. Not always true, but very often true. So my recommendation is to start with the problems that need solving. Ideally, the ones that you understand best and can solve best. Because if you want a profitable training business, a consultancy, um, a facilitation brand, you have to solve the problems which your client recognizes as important, urgent even, and worthwhile spending on with you because they believe that you're the person with a solution to this well-defined problem. They're my thoughts for this week. Let me know what you think. You can contact me via mark at trainingbusiness.com. Three quick requests for you. Please subscribe to the show. It costs nothing. It takes a couple of seconds and gives you a heads up of episodes as they come out every single Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. Please tell other people about the show. There are plenty of people out there joining us now as trainers, as coaches, unsure of their first steps. This is why I make these episodes 
please tell others about the show. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. And finally, please come back again next week. There is, of course, every single Thursday, without fail, an episode on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or something else. I love hearing from you. I love serving you. I love helping you. Please come back again next week. Until then, keep going, keep leading, keep training. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.